0: Hello and welcome to episode 141 of Outnumbered the Podcast. Today we're talking to you all about helping your kids with spelling and we dive into the seven different types of learners and how to help each one with spelling. Now our kids aren't perfect at spelling but they sure have made progress since we've thought about these kind of things and worked on some of these methods with our kids. And speaking about getting organized with your approach to things, we wanted to let you know a little bit more about the homeschool planning system that Audrey uses when she is doing her weekly lessons plans. So it's a program called homeschooltracker.com. And I tell you what, it has saved my sanity more than once. It is the way to get organized and help your kids get organized and get all their work done in the day and in the week for homeschool. We highly recommend it. We've got a link that we dropped in the profile that you can use to check out Homeschool Tracker yourself and get your homeschool back on track. Now, onto the show. Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos.
1: Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey.
0: Okay, guys, we're going to talk to you now about helping kids with spelling. I'm really looking forward to this episode not because I've got it all figured out, but there's a little few nuggets that we have of wisdom here. And I have to admit, there's probably no bigger pet peeve, no more glaring error to me than spelling errors.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a big pet peeve of mine, too. Drives me crazy.
0: And <laughs> and I'm kind of a grammar
1: Nazi, too. It's terrible.
0: I know, I know, I know. That's <laughs> just who I am. <laughs> I try to be nice about it, but still, come on, people. Yeah, 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 totally. Okay, and I have a funny
1: little spelling story for you. Um, my husband's grandma um, recently passed away, but when she was alive, she, in her earlier years, she was a school teacher. And so one time at Thanksgiving time, um, we were all gathered around, had had this wonderful feast. All the kids had run off, and so only the adults were still gathered at the table. And his grandma walked in and said, All right, who's ready for some P I E? And we all looked at her and said, Grandma, I, th- I think everyone here can spell. Like, <laughs> Who are you spelling for? And she just looked around and went, oh, I, I don't know. I just didn't know if you wanted the kids to have pie. <laughs> no, not even in here. It's just a funny <laughs> funny little school teacher moment coming out. But I find myself spelling a lot. It's very helpful to know how to spell
0: <laughs> around the kids.
1: Oh, yeah, that's pretty cute.
0: Yeah, My mom tells a story where her parents used to um, – Spell words in front of her, and then she got into school and they couldn't use that anymore. So then they would speak German in their home <laughs> in front of her. And then she started when she got up a little bit higher in school. Then she was taking German language and they were like, well, I guess you're just going to have to leave the room whenever we have to talk.
1: (laughs) The same thing happened to us. My parents both spoke Spanish before we were born. And so they would speak Spanish for the secrets. And then we all moved to Mexico. And I was like, (laughs) wait, wait,
0: chick (laughs) is up. Sorry. (laughs) Cute. All right. Some of the benefits of learning to spell or knowing how to spell things. It's just... I don't know, maybe this is a stupid thing to say, but you're just perceived as being more intelligent when you know how to spell words correctly. Like, okay, some of the really simple ones can just kind of make people look like they're not well-educated, like they're there and there, or two, two, and two. Getting those wrong, it's kind of a grammar thing, but it's a spelling thing. And it just kind of makes you look a little bit less intelligent. Um, So just being able to put on a good front by knowing how to spell. But like, I know, you know, everybody has spell check and everybody has autocorrect and all that. And I I really wonder if it's like hindering people's ability to learn how to spell like our kids abilities to learn how to spell because it's all corrected for them without them even knowing they spelled something wrong. Right. And the,
1: the same goes for grammar as well, too. Although I would argue that grammar, when you see the mistake, you could actually be learning from the corrections. But to just hit a button and have it automatically corrected for you, I think is a little bit of a hindrance, right? Um, and and some of the disadvantages of l- knowing how to spell, just on the flip side, like you said, it um, people tend to maybe think that you are not as intelligent, maybe trust you a little bit less, maybe wonder, you know, especially in a in a work setting, they're less likely to hire somebody that can't spell, especially if you're going to be writing emails or any sort of copy for the company. Um, And there are a handful, probably more than a handful of words in the English language that are spelled very similarly with very different definitions. And so when someone misspells something that has a very similar word, the, the entire meaning of your sentence can be lost because of a little misspelling error. So that's why, and one of the reasons that spelling is very important to me too.
0: So I get um, an email from a homeschool company that I just love, the Well-Trained Mind Press. Mm-hmm. And um, they uh, they sent out a clarification email a while back because there was an, an error in it. It was actually, you know, an error about what the sale included and didn't include. But I love to read their emails and I always read the disclaimer at the end. And it usually starts out nitpicky language our lawyer asked us to include. But it's always so funny. And then they um, give themselves a different byline every time. And so on this particular email where they made a mistake, it says, well-trained mind press, we proofread all our emails very carefully, (laughs) carefully. and every single word is spelled wrong but it's spelled like another version of the same like all for example is spelled a w l so like spell check would oh, never great. find it oh it's Ooh, very funny so, great. so sometimes i get people's emails just because they're sort of like grammar spelling nerd that's like cute me.
1: you know a friend of mine actually um sent out a fun poem that i had read before and i won't read the whole thing but we'll include it in the show notes it's the one about pronunciation that goes <laughs> I, I take it you already know of tough and bow and cough and dough, <laughs> like all the different words that look so similar and are spelled <laughs> differently it is a struggle to teach children how to read and pronounce english correctly this this language is brutal
0: Yes, English, I guess, is one of the hardest languages to learn because of all the exceptions in our language. So in this episode, we're going to go through the seven types of learners. Again, we're going to give a little um, explanation of each one, just like we have done in most of our past episodes on how to help kids with certain subjects. And then we're going to give our experiences and kind of some extra tips and resources on how to help each kind of these learners With spelling, so that you can kind of use this episode as a resource if you have a kid down the road and you know they're, you know, say an auditory learner and they're struggling with spelling, and you can come back and listen to this and find out exactly the way to help them that will be the most helpful for their learning style. So, we like to split our episodes um, on where we're telling you how to help kids with certain subjects into the seven different types of learners because it makes so much so much sense to be able to help them in a way that's helpful to them.
1: Yes, totally. And like we mentioned in our previous Helping Kids with Topics um, episodes, if something is not working, just pivot, right? And I have also noticed that sometimes kids' learning styles, I don't know if they ever fully change, but they shift a little bit. And certain phases might, or certain types of learning styles might be easier for little kids versus older kids. Um, But getting a little glimpse into how they learn best is always the best way to help.
0: Yeah. And definitely um, they might lean more than one way, but they might have, you know, be really strong in one of these types of learning, but a little bit, you know, maybe they have a propensity a little bit toward another type. So, you know, try, try more than one thing. Just, I think the key mm-hmm, here is like you mm-hmm. said, if it's not working, get creative or try something different. All right. The first type of learners are auditory or musical learners. These guys, um, they're good listeners and they learn best through sound, music, lectures. They, they've got to hear it to truly grasp it.
1: Yeah. So how to help auditory musical learners with spelling, say it out loud, right? <laughs> Reciting things, repeating over and over and over, using that voice. And this is something that is really beneficial to do at home if you're a homeschooler or at home after school, because um, there's only so much you can do in a school with a lot of kids, right? Um, singing songs of of words helps a lot too, and you might even try recording your child spelling a word and playing it back. I know Audrey mentioned this. I think was it. Uh, in our math episode uh, or no the reading episode how you would record your struggling readers and they could listen back to themselves and it helped them this is also very beneficial for spelling when they're spelling out loud Uh, spelling bees can work really well for these children too even informal ones you guys do by yourselves
0: yeah. Um, I know that I've shared the experience of my daughter who was a horrific speller until I figured out that if I asked her how to spell a word, how she thought it was spelled and had her spell it out loud, she could spell any word correctly if she was spelling it out loud. But writing it down on paper, ooh, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, yeah.
1: I will also share um, about auditory learners is when I, uh, lived in Mexico, um, in order to help me with English spelling, I would actually pronounce it out loud to myself with a Spanish pronunciation. Does that make sense? So Mm -hmm. Spanish pronounces everything very, very, um, they pronounce all their words exactly how they're spelled, right? There's none of this O-U-G-H garbage like in English. And so if I could pronounce every single letter, then it was very easy for me to remember how to spell. So I don't know if, if your kid knows Spanish or so, something. So maybe it could just help them to pronounce the word in a funny way. Like beautiful was be a utiful, because that's how I remember that
0: there was an E and then an A and then a an e. U. <laughs> Not little tip. Oh yeah, that's that's how I remember how to spell February is February. I have to say the yeah, R Yeah, say it weird <laughs> when I'm spelling it. Yeah. So wedness day. Yeah. So um something that is very helpful for these kids um is jump or clap or snap or stomp the syllables of the words. So splitting the words into syllables, like you know, wedness day, like hearing it like that would be very helpful for an auditory or musical learner to be able to spell it. So definitely um, working with syllables on words is very helpful to these kids. Yeah, totally, totally.
1: Okay, so moving on to number two, the visual and spatial learners. So these kids learn through their eyeballs, right? They learn by observing, and they often need some
0: quiet learning space to absorb it through their eyes. All right, so how to help these guys with spelling. Um, they need to visualize the word in order to spell them correctly. And again, we've mentioned this in the other... Um, areas where we talked about helping visual spatial learners color code things. So like write the vowels, give them a dry erase board and have them write the word out, but put the vowels in blue and the consonants in red or something, some, uh, some form of color coding where it really helps them, um, to be able to visualize. Uh, so actually when these guys are picturing how to spell or when they're spelling a word on paper, um, I have helped one of my kids, um, that visual spatial learner say, well, think of how you've seen this word in a book or written on a chalkboard or Mm, something. And mm -hmm, they, mm -hmm. they make the picture of it and then they can spell it correctly. Um, Stickers are helpful for these kids. So like it's something about just the touching and the spatial and then like a word on a sticker or using sticker letters to make the word. Um, Make a comic strip that has the spelling words in it that they're trying to learn. Um, So just seeing and writing these words is very helpful to these kids.
1: Yeah, this, this might also be a good place to break up those syllables for them and color code them, right? The the first, You know, learning to spell is all about breaking something down, especially if it's a larger word. So if you could break it down into syllables and they just memorize each one um, visually, that can help, help a lot. Okay, so a few resources from our own experience to share. Um, Time for Learning is a a Program you can use for spelling. Um, Spelling lists of similar word patterns. So if you have a couple of words like the O U G H ones, I'll go back to those because they're such a pain in the butt. (laughs) If you can get a whole list of similar words, preferably the ones that follow the same rule, um, that can help kids really cement that spelling rule. Um, Doodling around words is great for these kids using flashcards, copying the word multiple times. Writing the word backwards, diagonally, in a circle, in really, really tiny letters. Any way to manipulate it so that they are just getting it through them over and over and over. Um, writing your spelling words in Morse code can be a fun little game. Playing Hangman using spelling words. Um, alphabetizing the words on the paper. And then there's a couple of spelling, well, letter games that we like. Bananagrams as one. Scrabble is another. And that really reinforces spelling in a really, really fun way. And then finally, Spelling UC is also another program we, that we highly recommend.
0: Yeah, you know, just playing with the words and with the letters. So this is what visual spatial spatial learners are doing. So, you know, if they're um, playing hangman w- using their spelling words, they're just kind of getting one of those letters at a time. And it's just kind of, you know, writing the word different or in a different way, writing it backwards. You know, like all those things you mentioned, it's just that's all visual for those kids and and really helpful to them. All right, moving on to verbal linguistic learners. These guys are intellectual. They're bookworms. They're good storytellers. They have a big vocabulary. They talk a lot. Sometimes they talk very loudly. Does that ring any bells? Any kids come to mind? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This type of learner loves to read and write and tell stories. They tend to memorize easily places, dates, names, trivia, and they're always mesmerizing you with their incredible tales. So like, they have the ability, a really remarkable ability, to repeat back to you Things that you have said to them, like word for word, no, nope, nope, that's not what you said. <laughs> and you can encourage their creativity. Um, this really helps them. Is like the more creative they are in their stories, that really just does help develop that verbal linguistic ability of their brain. So these students, they learn best by like saying, hearing, and seeing words. So you ask them to write down a word. And they've got it once they've once they've written it down. When they're saying it as they write it down, then they've got it because they've heard it.
1: Yeah, you know, I recently was talking to my fourteen year old and saying I haven't really, really uh, had them learn what their learning style is, but I kind of know personally. And I was mentioning to him that I I love having subtitles on during movie movies. It helps me really for understand what's going on. And he goes, "No, I'm the complete opposite. You tell me something, I've got it." I read it, eh, not so much. I thought, oh, he learned. He knows. He's a, he's a verbal and a linguistic learner.
0: Pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. Like I'm kind of the same if I I have a really hard time listening to audiobooks mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that are not like not fiction, like something I'm trying to learn from. Mm. If I'm trying to learn, I cannot listen to it as an audiobook. I've got to read along as yeah. their um, yeah yeah, so I'm I'm more visual spatial than auditory too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, interesting.
1: So a few tips for these verbal learners: don't use a monotone voice when you're talking or reading to them. They get bored. They want that full verbal experience, right? Um, You can give them a list of new words every day with their sounds and meanings, read them through, talk about them. You can establish a rhythm while reading or speaking these words out loud, almost kind of um, like a cadence to it, almost kind of like a little song, right? Speaking that out loud will help their memorization capabilities and encouraging them to practice, like we mentioned before, in spelling bees or creative writing courses where they're going to be able to read things out loud.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, whereas the auditory learners had to hear it, these guys have to speak it. So, mm-hmm. I guess that is hearing it, you know, hearing themselves speak it, but they have It's like to. the other side of the same coin, right? Yeah, yeah. So, some um, resources for these guys writing their own stories can also be tremendous learning opportunity for these verbal learners. Like if they're writing a story and they really, like it's important to them to write down their story and then read it to you. And that uh, does all help with that language and that spelling ability. Some games that really help these guys, um, again, are Scrabble, Boggle, Crossword Puzzles, and spell like spelling out loud is really helpful for these guys. But if you play, like if you play, um, let's say Scrabble with these guys you're going to hear them actually talking through their letters to themselves <laughs> they're, they're um, you know like Scrabble was something that we mentioned for the visual spatial learners it's actually seeing the letters but for these guys if you play Scrabble with them you're going to see them hear them actually saying their letters and you know trying to word combination letter combinations out loud as they're doing this game it's pretty interesting yeah.
1: Yeah, and we're going to talk about Scrabble again. It's just a really great game for lots of learners, so play it. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Okay, so number four, the logical and mathematical learner. I have to admit, this one is my least favorite to talk about because it is so far removed from everything I am. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure I have at least one of them. And they have very mathematical brains, right? Very logical brains. They recognize patterns easily. So these are the kinds of kids that will probably benefit from knowing the rules behind the spelling. Whereas me, I'm like, just tell me how to spell it. I don't need to know the rule. (laughs) They want to know the concepts behind it, right? To understand the ideas, they need to group them into categories and really make sense of the world.
0: Yeah, this is funny because this is like one of my top learning styles (laughs) myself. (laughs) Yeah, so if I know the spelling rules... These kids just love knowing the why or the rules behind spelling. And then another thing that really helps them is pattern recognition, too. So seeing groups of words together and recognizing the patterns in those um, really, really helpful to learn spelling. Got to know the rules. Why? That's right. That's right.
1: So a few resources for these kids. Strategy-based games, right? Things that are are based on logic. They learn best using visual materials, um, laptops or hands-on projects. These logical mathematical learners love to make and look at maps or charts or outlines, graphs. Things that are interactive help their brain connect with the logic of the outside world, right? Um, Worksheets can also help them break things down into smaller chunks of information to consume.
0: Yeah. So if you can figure out some way to, you know, make a chart and uh, like a bar chart and put certain spelling words, you know, let's make a bar chart of all the words that end in E and then all the words that, you know, or the alphabet or whatever, just somehow categorizing spelling words into groups is just going to help these guys so much. All right. Number five, the physical kinesthetic learner. And again, I think we've talked about how, All of our kids at a young age are kind of like this. And my boys especially stay in this kind of this learning style longer, but they're hands on. They might drum their fingers or wiggle their legs, bounce up and down, sit on a ball. They're action oriented. And they really kind of maybe learn to read and write and spell later because it's just not that important to them to be like sitting still and learning these things. Right, right. And you have to help them a lot in those early years. Hopefully they
1: settle down eventually though, right? So helping these little moving learners, um, you can encourage them to draw diagrams and trace letters like those sandpaper letters can really be helpful, Um, helps them with reading and writing. You can use pipe cleaners um, and paper, have them use the bend the letters into the right shapes. Um, flash cards are also very, very useful and fun. Writing down information and flipping the card back and forth engages the brain physically. So that's kind of this movement that helps them cement it in there. Um, and some of the same things that we talked about with um, the auditory learners, right? Jumping, clapping, snapping, stomping,
0: um, breaking things up into syllables and using their body to connect with them. All right. Some uh, resources for these guys have them act as the teacher I don't know how often I've had a kid who's kind of resisting learning something take ownership of it when they're trying to teach it to you or to to their sibling or something else that's really somehow helps these physical kinesthetic learners acting as the teacher so other games that are helpful for them and mostly because there's just little pieces that they manipulate. Rummy Cub, Scrabble, Monopoly, other games where um, they have little things that they have to move as they're learning to spell. So um, I, I have very successfully used like magnet letters on a fridge to have them spell out their words Mm -hmm. that they're trying to learn how to spell. Cut out letters from magazines, newspapers, catalogs, you know, whatever, and use those letters that they've cut out to glue onto paper and form spelling words. Um, Alphabetize the spelling card, you know, write their spelling words on cards and lay them out on the floor in alphabetical order. Again, write in shaving cream, whipped cream, flour, frosting, water in the sand, you know, whatever, to just get them touching the letters as they're making them.
1: Right. They're, they're really the sky's the limit when it comes to just using that minute, those hands to manipulate things, right? I know. The limit is your imagination on what you can come up with for them. <laughs> and guaranteed my kids can come up with a lot more than I can. Although I will say that cutting letters out of magazines and writing stuff is like one of my favorite things to do, but it always looks like a serial killer's mm-hmm. note, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe all serial killers are uh, physical kinesthetic ones. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Alright, so number six are social and interpersonal learners, our little social butterflies who are extroverted, can't stay in their seat because they want to talk to their partner and they always want to do the group projects, right? They're good communicators, they're sensitive to others' needs.
0: Yep. These guys work best in groups. So spelling words with a partner back, you know, back and forth with each other. This maybe sometimes is a little bit harder for us as homeschool if we only have one kid at a certain level. But pair them up with a sibling or just help them yourselves. Be sure to offer plenty of feedback. These guys love to hear praise and concerns from, from somebody else or from their teacher, from, from you, the parent teaching them. So just, just interaction with them. Like if you give them their spelling list and send them off to do it by themselves, it's just not going to work very well. But if Mm -hmm. they're doing it with somebody else, that's going to be so much more helpful for them.
1: Right, and if your child doesn't have a sibling that's close by or available, even a friend would work. Maybe have a have a um, call a friend's mom and say, "Hey, my kid really needs some spelling. Can they come over for a play date? And we'll actually do some spelling activities together." And so many of the great um, activities that we've mentioned so far are a lot easier with another kid around. Um, so you can recruit even if it's a an older sibling or a babysitter. You can say, "Hey, play this game with him. He needs some help with spelling." Right. Um, And then having even just quizzing each other can help these kids want to do it because then someone else is there doing races or games together as long as you can keep it friendly and kids don't get mad at each other. Um, And then also prize systems where kids can kind of friendly compete against each other. Like how many stickers can you get? And they're working together to get their their spelling done. Um, They just love teamwork.
0: Yep. Yep. And they um, they just flourish when they're able to do it with somebody else as opposed to the last type of learner. And both the, and usually kids, in addition to another type of learner, are either a social learner or a solitary learner. So that's number seven is a solitary learner. They can't even get started learning until everybody else goes away. They're independent, <laughs> introspective, private. That's those of us who in college hated being stuck in a group with other people because it was just not going to go well.
1: We were the ones that went to the library and booked a cubicle and put caution tape around it. Like, don't talk mm-hmm. to me. I got a project to finish. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, maybe we should call the social and the per- and the um, solitary one A and B because they go, you know, in hand with whatever other learning style you have. It just depends yeah. on whether you like to work with others yeah. or by yourself. Yeah. So give these kids their space. Um, my oldest is like this. And last year he went to school because he could not get his schoolwork done at home with us. He's considering staying home to do college classes. So we're going to have to find a space that's nice and quiet where he can focus. So for spelling, these kids um, really need to make sure that they're learning it for a reason, right? They're connecting their, their spelling goals with something else that they're passionate about. So maybe you can give them a spelling list from their favorite book or a how-to video that they've watched that they really liked. Um, and if they are working alone a lot, make sure that you're double checking their practice so they're not practicing words wrong. <laughs> that can happen with the these solitary learners.
0: Yeah. And then it's really hard because they have to do it all over again. Unlearn yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So for these guys, make sure to have a wide assortment of books, websites, videos that they can access. Um, and make sure they have a quiet place to go when they're working, or they just want time alone. That's kind of how they recharge is when they're by themselves. So, you know, like if they do have to do spelling words in some sort of interaction with somebody else, make sure they're pretty recharged and they've had their own time by themselves first. But yeah, like you were saying, if they can relate it to something else that they're really interested into, say um, they're really interested in birds, and then have them take their spelling words and make a story about birds, incorporating each of these spelling rules, that will be much more enticing to them to learn those words if they're getting to write or include it with another interest of theirs, other than as opposed to just saying, um learn this list of words like that, they're just not going to be able to do that. And if it doesn't relate to anything else they're interested in. Right, right. Which is kind of
1: true of all of us, right? Do we really care <laughs> yeah. about learning anything if it's not uh, interesting to us? So to finish off, we wanted to share a couple of spelling programs or experiences that we've had or tried with our kids that have really worked um, and maybe some failures too. <laughs> so we actually have not, other than I think explode the code, which Audrey's also going to talk about, we haven't really done a lot of kind of strictly spelling or reading programs. Um, But we do love dictation, or at least I love it. My kids sometimes. (laughs) I love to read something out loud and have them write it down. This is an incredibly high level skill. And if kids can figure this out, they can become the best spellers on the planet. So we start really, really simple, really easy readers. And I read a sentence or two aloud and they write it down. Then we work up from there. There are a lot of really fun spelling games. So Hangman, I mentioned Bananagrams before. That's a really fun one. We've mentioned Scrabble multiple times. Um, researching and learning rules for the kids who need it to see the logic behind it. This is one thing that has been difficult for me because it's not the way I learn. But some of my kids just have to know why that is. So we have just done And sometimes I put them in charge of it. Like, oh, I'm not interested in the rules. You research them. Tell me what you find. We'll figure it out together. <laughs>
0: Yeah, some spelling programs that we've used um, with varying success, depending on the kids learning type. If I have a kid who just likes a workbook and likes to do the activities, then we use the spelling workout program. And that's been pretty, pretty good and successful for kids who just like to sit down with a workbook and, and um, they usually have it grouped in those books into like um, different rules. So that kind of works for a logical learner too. One program that I really discovered that helps has helped a lot of my kids in a couple different learning styles is it's a little program called Tricks of the Trade, and the companion book is called Teach Any Child to Spell. And what this program does is um, it only makes them work with the words that they spell wrong. So, what you do is you take Through their other subjects and their other writings, when you find words that they spell wrong, you take that word and you find in this book the spelling rule that it goes under, And they copy that word correctly into that area. Well, pretty soon they are finding patterns. Oh, look, I always consistently spell O-U-G-H words wrong. And then they start to know themselves and what words are tricky for them. And so that's been a really helpful program with a couple of my kids uh, you did mention Explode the Code, and that is something that we like to use when with kids when they're just learning how to read, because it does a really, really good job of breaking down all those rules, those spelling rules into categories without making it seem like they're being broke down into rules. And the kids get lots of extra practice, and it starts super, super easy. They don't even realize it's a spelling practice. And so we have used Explode the Code with a lot of our kids as they're learning to read they get um, some of the spelling practice right from the very beginning. One of our favorite games, word games to play, it's actually a card game and it's called Quiddler. And um, we just really like that game. Um, you have to spell words. You start everybody trying to make a three-letter uh, word and then a four-letter word. I think that's how the game goes. But the each card has a letter on it. But then there's also some um, pairs, like letter pairs, like, I-E is on one card or I-N-G, some of the common pairings and diphthongs like T-H will be on a card. And so then they just try to spell words with the cards they've been given. That's one game that we, I guess I like it. So then my kids like it because it's one game that I'll sit down and play with them. Okay. So we hope this uh, episode has been helpful for you guys and you can come back and refer to it when you've got a kid that's struggling with spelling. Are all um, 19 of our kids, perfect spellers, no way. We got some pretty hairy spelling going on around here, but it's good to have all this information and know it and be able to help them in a way that's helpful to them and um, make it sort of individualized for them. And so we hope some of this stuff is helpful for you and for your bad spellers too. And I did want to say a final resource that helps all kids, no matter their learning style, is just reading and reading and reading. And then the more they read, the more they're exposed to words and the more they see the words and then the better they are at at spelling. And so that's one thing that i found as my kids age, especially the terrible spellers, they do get better just through the consistency of reading and writing. Right. Right.
1: I had one final tip that I wanted to share, and and this is a I learned from my own mistake of being a perfectionist. And that is allow your child to spell things wrong when they're just writing. So in my kids' writing practice, I must have early on been a real stickler for correct spelling because a lot of them are afraid to try to sound things out. Just tell me how to spell it. Just tell me. And that's actually hard on me because I'm trying to tell like three kids how to spell different words at the same time. But giving them the permission to just mess it up and try it out actually teaches them a lot because they're thinking what sound makes that sound or what letter makes that sound that I'm thinking of. And they put that down and they play with it a little bit. Um, And then you just very... um, positively say, oh my gosh, you came so close. Do you want to see the right way to do it? And we'll we'll try that. Or you ignore it and you just keep practicing that word. You add that to the list to practice tomorrow. But allowing them to make the mistake in spelling actually teaches them a lot. And so that's my tip from a perfectionist mom who didn't do that at the beginning.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. Yes. One of my most common responses when a kid says, mom, how do you spell a word? Is how do you think it's spelled? Yes. spelled, <laughs> And then give them the opportunity to try it because they then they've they've thought about it and tried a little bit and it usually sticks better than me just telling them how to spell the word totally all right that's all we have for you guys today if you enjoy this episode would you please leave a review and tell your friends um that they can learn more about helping their kids learn how to spell too
1: Thanks for listening friends.
0: Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week.